Welcome to this podcast by City Point Church, Redcliffe. We are so happy you could join us and pray that the following message will encourage and empower you. But no, I, I didn't want to jump straight in tonight. The title of my message is this, is Distracted Direction. Distracted Direction. Um, just for a couple of minutes, I just wanted to share tonight um, what I'm believing um, will help, I suppose, align where God wants to take us. Um, often in life, we can have a focus or a direction or a plan that we desire to happen, maybe a strategy, maybe a vision for our lives, maybe things we'd like to see take place, but certain things can attempt to knock us off the path or, or, or sidetrack us. And I know in this month of March, we've been diving into this idea of, of God's broken heart, this idea of that God's broken heart for humanity, not that God in and of himself is broken, but, it, but that he has a broken heart for humanity because he's desperate to meet his kids. He's desperate to be in relationship with you and I. And when he sees us going through turmoil and heartache, that for him um, breaks his heart, not as some big, distant, um, managerial, CEO-type leader or boss over the world, but as a father. As a father. And for us, we, when we have our own vision in our life, and, or maybe ideas or things we feel called to do, I know it can be rooted in this idea that, that we, that we want to bring the love of God to the world around us. That we want to be able to partner with, you know what, I want my heart to break for what, for what breaks God's heart. I want to have the same compassion that he carries. I want, to, I want to have the eyes to see in different situations, in my workplace, in my university, wherever I find myself in my day-to-day rhythms, I want to allow God's heart to speak through that. But I found this, that we can get thrown off the path Throwing off maybe what we feel called to do because certain things can try and creep in. Because you've got to understand this. The enemy knows he doesn't have to try and rob and destroy your destiny. He doesn't have to try and come in with some catalyst moment that totally sidetracks you. Because the enemy knows he doesn't have to destroy your destiny. He just has to distract you from it. He just has to pull you away from it. He doesn't have to have this huge moment that's going to rip you off the path. He just needs to distract you for a moment. Little by little, pull you away. And, and uh, what started as just a little moment, flowing through different seasons, ends up in decades' time. You're so far off where you thought you'd be, and you don't even realize how you got there. It's a distracted direction. The enemy's trying to throw our way. He's trying to throw our way. I'm going to read tonight from Psalms 34, 8 to 9. It says this, O taste and see that the Lord is good. Someone say good. Good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man. I've got a different translation. Here we go. How happy is the person who takes refuge in him. You who are his holy ones, fear the Lord. I don't know if there's another line. Is there another line to that or is that it? Praise God, that's it. (laughs) The final line is... (laughs) There is no want, there is no want, there is no lack, some translations say, to those who fear him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. I think distraction can creep in from bringing the love of God to the world around us. When we haven't tasted and seen and allowed that reality to 
penetrate into our world, into the very depths of our soul. That is when we can start to get robbed and pulled away and distracted from what He's desiring from us. And God knows this, that for us not to get distracted, He's inviting us to just taste and see, actually experience His reality, actually have a perception change, actually be able to see Him for who He truly is. Because He knows if you can taste and see how good He really is, then you'll need nothing else. You'll lack nothing else. There'll be nothing else in this world that will try and distract you from being able to bring the love of God to the world around you. You know, the presence of God, the love of God is spoken about in Scripture in many ways. It speaks about waiting on His presence. It speaks about knocking and the door will be open to you. It speaks about seeking Him out, searching for Him, inviting Him in, waiting upon Him. These are the kind of invitations that the Scriptures, all through the Scriptures, invites us into this place with the presence of God. And I want to ask you this question tonight. If I could guarantee, if I could promise you, if I could like with, with my entire life guarantee that you would meet the King of the universe, that you would meet Christ Himself, how long would you be willing to wait? How long would you be willing to set aside time to be able to allow the, pen, the, the presence of God to be able to come into your world? Because I found this, that whatever we are willing to wait upon, whatever that value system is, that is what we prioritize. And you've got to understand in life is that what we prioritize sets the precedence. What we prioritize sets the precedence. It builds a value system. It positions us in a place to set us up for what we're going to receive coming. If we prioritize our work schedule, if we prioritize certain things in our world, if we prioritize certain rhythms, if we prioritize certain things that we feel like are of high value, then the outcome of that is, is it sets a precedence for the outcome of that to come our way. And I'm believing in this space tonight that God wants to invite you into a place that we start to begin again to prioritize His presence, actually prioritize who He is, actually allow space in our world to be able to taste and see that He's good, that no matter what comes our way, no matter what season walks uh, comes into our life, no matter what diagnosis comes our way, we will be unshaken because we would have built our house on the rock and have set our life for the precedent knowing that His presence is enough. His presence is enough. His presence is enough. You've got to understand this, that I know on Sundays in our service environments, we have such incredible opportunities. We gather together as a church and as a family and uh, allow ourselves to, to receive from what, from what He's got for us and, and, and position our hearts to be able to receive uh, from the Word of God and receive from the presence of God. And it's such an incredible experience to be able to come together. But what you do have to understand is that in the smoke machines, the lights, the drum kits, the electric guitars, all the cool stuff, that in and of itself is not where the presence of God is found. The presence of God is ushered in by hungry people. It's ushered in by people who come desperate for Him. Whenever you come into a place 
And maybe you're standing there and the person next to you is bawling their eyes out, encountering God, just getting absolutely messed up. And you're standing there like, well, I just feel absolutely nothing. Pastor Jared Porter sucks tonight. You know what I mean? He's just worship leading terribly. This whole deal is absolutely horrible. And when it's like totally disconnected, I would challenge that's got less to do with the worship team and more to do with the hunger that you brought into the place. More to do with the expectation of believing you're going to receive something. All of heaven isn't withholding. God isn't withholding his love that he wants to outpour in humanity. You've got to engage with your situation, your circumstance, whatever you're going through. God's desperate to be able to meet with you. But he meets you at the level of your hunger. He meets you right there because heaven's real simple. It works on supply and demand. And we place a demand on heaven. Heaven always supplies our every need. His grace is sufficient the word says, to supply our needs. And point number one tonight is this, is that emotional heart will make you feel free, but only the Spirit will transform you to live free. I don't know about you, but I just don't want emotion that will make me feel good. And in our generation, we're real good at feeling and allowing that to be enough. But I don't just want it to feel like I'm transformed. I actually want to live transformed. Because what we prioritize what we value, these things that we've set in place, they build, they build a precedent around our life that is deeper than just feeling like God's impacting us. I actually want it to be a practice in my world. I actually want there to be evidence and fruit and measurables. And when people look upon my life, they can actually see, man, God must be doing something in him because there's evidence around his world. Actual lived transformation. Let's not be the kind of people who just settle at feeling like we're changed. Let's actually allow God to go into the depths of our very heart, attack and tackle those things that maybe we've been not allowing God to speak into because it's, it's too challenging or it's too confronting to allow God into those spaces and allow Him to transform us from the inside out. I just don't want to live in a place where I feel free. I want Him to impact me in the depths of my very heart. You know, a few years ago, we had a guest speaker at church, and he was a bit of a big dude. He was the kind of guy who, um, gym between sessions, um, he'd preach, gym, preach, gym, preach. It was kind of his flow. It was part of his itinerary, part of kind of like how he rolled on a Sunday. And um, obviously, like when you look around the church and you've got that kind of guest speaker in, coming in, the kind of person you want to drive them to be able to take them to the gym is probably like the biggest guy in the church. You're looking for like, who's the muscliest guy in the church? Who's the guy's going to be able to keep with up with him? So obviously they sent me, because obviously when that guy's the biggest guy, like I know if you see Chris in an alleyway, you're going to be intimidated. Like, like, like all like 200 grams of muscle on my body is like, it's just extremely intimidating. I know it's like everyone's been stressed out the whole time, been preaching because you're worried I'm just going to attack. Like I know, I get it, I get it. But um, so obviously they sent me and they're like, can you go take him to the gym? I'm like, yeah, obviously I can take him to the gym. Like obviously... <laughs> I've, I grow up in the gym, like I can do that. So, so I took him, and um, as we're walking in, he passes me this uh, drink in Mount Franklin water bottle, a little bit, little, bit of, little bit of red beverage in there. It wasn't communion juice, I found out later. And um, he passed it to me um, and said, oh, I'll take this, it'll help you keep up. It's like pre-workout, all those kind of things. And I'm like, oh, yeah, sweet, like, I can do that. Like, you're a pastor, I trust you, you know what I'm saying? It how bad could it be? You're the guest speaker, you're a man of God. Like, how bad... Could it be? As soon as I, as soon as I drank it, um, I, I turned him in like, went, oh, sweet, got it. And then he looked at me and, oh, sorry, I forgot to warn you. Um, 
that is actually just like a pre-workout thing I brought over from America. Um, it's uh, it's uh, illegal in Australia. I brought it over from America. Uh, it's going to about 45 seconds time. It's about to feel like ants are running through your body. Don't freak out. It's totally normal. Um, and literally in 45 seconds time, I'm talking, I'm talking literal ants are running through my skin, like head to toe, running through my entire body. But I went from the rig of a man I am now to literally the Incredible Hulk. Like the next 45 minute gym session, I was lifting every single part of my body in the entire gym. Like I was moving up and down, I was keeping up, I felt invincible. Like, man, just you, I could lift the entire gym, you know what I mean? Like I literally do, I could do it all. I just felt unstoppable. But then, 45 minutes came to a screeching halt, and all the ants decided to I don't know, get cast out of my body or something. I don't know, they just decided to leave. And uh, suddenly I just like collapsed because suddenly I just felt like all that energy, all that like, I don't know what, what was going on to be honest in my body, but I don't know if I took drugs and didn't realize it. I'm not sure. But sorry, that was on the live stream. I, pro- I don't do drugs. Um, but, um, but praise God. Um, but um, so I'm probably not going to get an invite back. This is all good. <laughs> I'm doing great. We're making drug jokes now. It's good. Um, praise God. Um, how am I doing? Am I doing okay? It's good. B minus so far. Okay, all good. I'm um, doing good. Yeah, but uh, so uh, came to the screeching halt. All collapsed. All that energy I felt suddenly went away. And suddenly, man, if I went to lift a weight then, you know, a couple of minutes ago, I would have been able to do it. Couldn't even lift. Just as like, I don't know if you've ever gym before. Your body's stiff for the next like seven years of your life. Like just like extended period of time. It's like the worst thing. And uh, I got just like, just totally ruined me, right? And when I'm talking about feeling free or living free, I find it's like this. Is that often we treat Jesus like a supplement, not like a savior. We want him to be an add-on to our life. You know, in our Western culture, we have a very polytheism type worldview. That we have this idea of that, how can I add Jesus to the many gods that I serve? the many different idols that I worship, the many different ideas that I have. How do I add him to my situation to make my life just a little bit better, not him allow him to not just become a part of my prioritized list, but make him become the prioritized list. Make him actually become my entire life. Transform me from the inside out. I don't want Jesus to just be a supplement on my life. I need him to be my savior. I need him to transform me from the inside out. Not just feel free but live free. You know, point number two is this, is dysfunction is birth from distraction. I don't know if you've ever known someone um, and they, uh, they've been in a dysfunctional relationship. Um, you know, maybe I'm more talking to the youth ministry tonight um, and just like you have your one week wonder girlfriends, just all like the, the, the terrible thing, like you look upon people and you're just like, man, that's just like dysfunctional, it's not working, all those type things. Um, Often our relationship with God might, might seem like this. Maybe we, we see testimonies here and we see someone with incredible faith here and, and, and incredible breakthroughs happening around their world here and, and we see all these stories, but we feel like our relationship with God is dysfunctional. It just doesn't seem to be working. It just some, seems like it's not happening and, and it leads us down a path where, where we go, you know what, maybe, maybe I should just give up on this whole deal. Maybe I, maybe I should just stop coming to church as much or maybe I should just stop going to life group or maybe I should just lean out from my accountability, or just I just lean out from the things of God because I just feel like it's not working. And I wonder what that dysfunction is birthed in. Where did it come from? And I would say this, that that dysfunction is birthed in distraction. 
it started somewhere. It started somewhere where we allowed that distraction to come in. Where God invited us into the prayer closet. Where we could get in that place and allow Him to speak into the depths of our soul. Actually speak into our very heart. Actually, actually allow Him to transform us from the inside out. So that we could be better witnesses to the world around us. Actually allow Him to speak into that place. And it started off with a fire. It started off with a passion. It started off we were just set on fire for the good news of the gospel. And next thing you know, complacency crept in. Unbelief crept in. Fear crept in. Disappointment crept in. We got disheartened by the situation. We got discouraged. Next thing you know, it started with once upon a time, we were just so zealous for the things of God. Now we're just like, yeah, you know, I'll probably, come, I'll pro- I'll probably go to church this week. I go, oh, uh, you know, I feel, like, I feel like God's asked me to lead a life group, but uh, it's probably for someone else. Like, it's probably not for me. It's probably not my whole deal. And we just live in this place, and it just starts with this little distraction that comes. And it causes, now it grows and grows, and it leads us to a place where we have a totally dysfunctional relationship with Him. If I could invite uh, the keyboard to come, that'd be awesome. I want to read the scripture again, Psalm 34, 8 to 9. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in Him. Oh, fear the Lord, you His saints. There is no want to those who fear Him. Point number three is you'll never crave what you haven't tasted. Taste and see that the Lord is good. If you want to build a hunger for the things of God, you'll never crave what you haven't tasted. And I, recently God's been speaking to me about this and we find this story in the, pro, in the prodigal son. And God's kind of been messing me up on this whole deal. Is that we find in the prodigal son, he, he takes his inheritance and he runs off and lives his life and takes what maybe was coming for him. He just wanted to get it early and go and live and run away from the father and just go and do his own thing. And he found himself at the end of that just making real dumb decisions. He threw his money away. He ended up like in a place where he thought he was setting his, his life up for a better life only to end up so far from where he thought he'd be. His life ended up dysfunctional. It just started with a little distraction. It started with something small. And there he is. He ends up eating with the pigs. He's in the pig pen. I don't know if you've been in a pig pen past camp. He hasn't. All right, good. Just checking. But he ends up in the pig pen. And there is like just the lowest of low moments where he's eating with the pigs. Like just like, they're the scraps. He's like, man, I'll just take whatever I can get right now. Like I, I was at the height of heights. I felt like I had everything. But I did it outside of the will of the Father. And it led me to a place of dysfunction. Where now I'm eating with the pigs. I'm just like, I'm content with scraps. I'm content with whatever I can get. You know, I was wild about this. And this is what God's been speaking to me about is that hunger will keep you in the pig pen. But only when you get to the place of starvation will you lay down your pride and go back to the Father. Only when you're in that place where you realize, man, I have nothing else. I have nothing else. I'm starving for the things of God. I'm desperate for the things of God. I want to be a a conduit, a vessel for His glory to be manifested through my life. Until you're in that place, you'll never realize what He has for you. You'll be content eating the scraps. 
You've been content with, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hungry for God, but I'm content with this. Only when you realize, man, there's nothing else. There's nothing else but the fullness of what the Father has for me. will lead you to run back into His arms. And the beautiful part is where this story ends. It's as you take that step, the Bible says, as you draw near to Him, He'll draw near to you. And the prodigal son, as he took that step to back to the father, the father didn't wait there with his arms crossed, trying to throw curse at him and trying to be angry at him for leaving. He came running towards his son, running towards his son. But it took the son taking that step. realizing, man, I have nothing else. I'm not going to be tent with just like occasionally like a little dip the toe in the river. I want to live in the river. I want the very wellspring of life. Because wherever you go, wherever you find yourself this week, you'll only be able to pull from the wells that you've dug. You'll only be able to release from what's on the inside of you. And when you position your heart for the presence of God, when you prioritize it, when you remove distractions, when you allow Him to speak into it, the craving gets built. Kingdom of God is beautiful. It's wonderful. It's like this, that the more you eat, the more hungry you get. The more you position yourself in that place, the more you allow the Prince of God to encounter you and then the love of God flow through you. Thank you for listening. We pray that this message empowers you to unmistakably influence your world for good and for God. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. This is the beginning of a life-changing journey. We would love to see you at one of our many City Point Church services across Brisbane and the world this Sunday. You can find out more about our service times and locations at citypointchurch.com. We're so excited to see you there.